What's up, everybody? How you doing? What's up? Can I have everybody stand up? How's everybody doing today? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Everyone say happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. We want to welcome all our campuses, City Heights, Chula Vista, San Marcos, East County, and Oahu, Hawaii. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, we, are, we are starting a new series today. I'm so excited about the gospel. We have Easter coming up in three weeks. One, two, three. Uh, and so hopefully you're praying for someone to bring to Easter. And there's also an event April 1st at Balboa Stadium over there in San Diego High School, an evangelistic event called Hope San Diego. I'll be speaking at that April Fool's Day. And it's really going to happen. It's really going to happen April Fool's Day. Anyway, anyway, let's pray and get into it. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I pray you bless us. I pray you challenge us today. And I pray and ask that you would stir our heart to think about and reach out to people we know that need to hear the gospel. Easter's coming up. The world is going to celebrate the fact that you rose from the dead, that the tomb is empty. No one's ever found your body. You walked around 40 days, showed yourself to hundreds of people after you rose from the dead. It is a historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead and that he is the son of God. And so we thank you that for that, and we pray you challenge us. And, Lord, if we really believe that, we need to tell people that. And so I pray you challenge us, equip us in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I believe it. Take a picture. Take a picture. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. Hold it there. I want them to take a picture. Take a picture of that. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. All the religions of the world are man trying to get to God. Listen to me, man. Listen closely with both your ears. The gospel. The religion is man trying to get to God. Man cannot get to God. You can't acquire God's love. You can't earn God's love. The gospel is that God became man in Jesus Christ. He came to us. Big difference. Are y'all following me? Number one. Number two. He lived the life we should have lived. God lived the life. Jesus lived the life that we should have lived. He lived the life we were created to live. He lived the life we should aspire to live. Take a picture. Snap it, snap it. Snap it, snap it. He died the death we should have died. We, the penalty of sin is death. All of us have sinned. Jesus died in our place. He who had no sin became our sin and died on the cross. And by diving on the cross, he would, and then three days later, three days later, which we're going to celebrate in a few weeks, three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he was the son of God. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he was the son of God. Take a picture. Offering salvation and forgiveness of sins, offering salvation and forgiveness of sins, offering salvation and forgiveness of sins, to anyone who repents and believes in him. To anyone who repents and believes in him. Let's read it one more time. We're going to go through it all. I want you to read it out loud with me, okay? And by the way, he's like, well, you know, uh, all y'all should have that memorized. You believe in Jesus? Yeah. What's the gospel? I don't know. He, something, something, Jesus died. Let's do this. Okay, let's read it from the beginning. Read it out loud on three. One, two, three. The gospel is the good news 
God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he's the son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes. One more time, let's read it again. All church, let's go one more time. From the beginning, one, two, three. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he's the son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes in him. Give yourself a hand. Come on, church. We're going to go over that every week. We're going to put it on our website. Hopefully you got a picture of it, and we want you to encourage you to memorize it. If only thing you did to your friends, hey, watch this. Can I just read something to you? Can I just read something to you? And just read it to them. Let, it, let, the, let God's word do, do its job. But at least step out there and start thinking about who in your life needs to hear that and practice with as many people as you can. Okay. Uh, in 1995... There was a man named O.J. Simpson, who was a football player, who was accused of killing his wife and her boyfriend. O.J. was black, his wife was white, Nicole Simpson, and the LAPD arrested him. And if you weren't, if you can't remember back that far, it was, a very, it was probably one of the biggest legal spectacles in the history of the country. And it was a very racially divided incident. And when it ended up coming to a verdict, black people were rooting for OJ or against the LAPD. And white people were rooting that he would get convicted. And I remember preaching that Sunday and breaking down in tears after it because of the racial division in the country. He ended up getting acquitted, uh, unfortunately, because I think the brother was guilty. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) But it is what it is. But during the trial, his attorney, Johnny Cochran, rest his soul, had an illustration. And what happened was they found a glove behind OJ's house. And it was a bloody glove. And they said, this is the glove he wore when he killed his wife. And so his lawyer said, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. And so they put the glove on OJ's hand, and it was like that. It couldn't get, he couldn't get his hand in it, because for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but it, it just happened. And they said, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Everyone say that. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Say that. <laughs> That's like one of the most famous lines of the, of the, of the thing. Now, I don't have any, I'm not going to uh, uh, claim to know what that was all about, but what if the glove did fit? Here's the thing. God made every single one of you in his image so he can live inside of you. Every single human he created to have relationship with so he can live inside of you, speak to you, love you, encourage you, love through you, guide you, be glorified through how you live your life, give you purpose and clarity, supernatural power. He made you and I compatible to him. So he can live inside of you, not so you can learn about him and try on your own power to be like him. 
So today I'm going to talk about how you were made in the image of God. And the title of my message is God in the Mirror. That when you looked in the mirror, that you would see God flowing through you. Now, you're not God, but God made you in his image. So when I move these fingers, the glove is moving. But the glove is not doing the movement. My hand is. God wants to be the one doing the movement in your life. He wants to be the one speaking through you, forgiving through you, loving through you, planning through you, executing through you. Just developing businesses or whatever he called you to do, whatever he created you to do, he wants you to do it in a way that glorifies him. That's why he made you in his image. Amen? Can I get an amen? And so we're going to look at five ways, one, two, three, four, five ways that he made you in his image. Number one, you are individually unique. Everyone say, ain't nobody like me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you ever looked in the mirror and say, man, I am just, what? It is true. It is true. God made you one of a kind. Raise your hand if you are one of a kind. Oh, most, most definitely, there is nobody like you on the planet. Why? Because you are an expression of the infinite creativity of a creative God. God is a creator. Now watch this. There's a difference between creating and making. God created everything from nothing. We can take stuff we have and reshape it and reuse it. We call it creating, but true creativity is making something from absolutely nothing. God created color. And I don't mean black and white color, I mean the rainbow. Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. You all remember that word? And, and then white and black, which are, are not even in the, in the, in the rainbow, but they're, they're still colors as well. God created architecture. He created math, science, physics, thermodynamics. He created all that. We are discovering it as we learn. He is a creator. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 139. It says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When you were in your mother's womb, God was the one shaping you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously made. And we'll say marvelous. Look what it says. Marvelous are your works. Say marvelous. And that my soul knows very well. My soul, I know that I am unique. I know that I am special. I know that I am designed incredibly. Now, everyone, give me your hands like this. Give me your hands like this. Say, marvelous. Now, say it like you just graduated from Harvard. Say, marvelous. <laughs> All of y'all are marvelous. It's not, it's not arrogant to say that unless you are saying it that I am more marvelous than you. I don't need to be more marvelous than you. I just need to be marvelous. You're marvelous. I'm marvelous. There was a fighter, a boxer named Mar Marvelous. Marvin Hagler, I think he was from Mount Vernon, I think. I think he was from New York. Wasn't he from Mount Vernon? Mar marvelous. No, he was from Brockton, Massachusetts. That's right, he was, from, he was from Boston, Boston. He was called Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and he was marvelous. Everyone say, I am marvelous. You are, because God, do you know that, you, that nobody has your fingerprint? Here's the thing about fingerprints. You might not have known this. There's four types of fingerprints. I'm not going to tell you because I don't have time to, to list the four things. Actually, I don't know what they are. <laughs> I read them, wrote them down, but I don't have them memorized. <laughs> but here's the thing about fingerprint. Your fingerprints determine how you feel, what you feel when you touch things. 
your fingerprints process touch. Without your fingerprint, you would feel things different. If all of you have a unique fingerprint, which is a fact, you also have a different experience when you touch things. You have a unique footprint. You have unique vein patterns in your eye and all throughout your body. When you put your eye in a retinal scan or the, the ID thing, they are reading your vein pattern in your eye because you only have the vein pattern you have. You have a unique vein pattern all through your body. They could do it through your finger, whatever in your body, because God gave you all a different vein pattern. On, he gave you different perspective. He gave you different talents. He gave you different passions. He gave you different desires. Every single one of you are unique. Why? Because God has infinite creativity, infinite uniqueness. Say, uh, say uh, image. First letter is I. The next one is M. You are a moral mirror. God created you and I, no other animal, no other creature, to be a moral mirror. What does that mean? That you and I have the ability and we're created with the responsibility to reflect the morality of God. That's why we have the Word of God. That you and I were to reflect the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the patience of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the creativity of God. Every single one of us have the, res the responsibility but also the ability and we're created with the ability for God's morality to live inside of us and express itself through us. The problem is the world says, I don't want God's morality, I want my morality. When we give our life to Christ, God lives in us again, and he is, he, because he made us in his image, he lives in us, and he says, I want you to express my morality. I was at a, a high school the other day, talking. Uh, we were uh, teaching on racism, and then we started talking about respect. And one kid said, I'm only going to give kids respect when I get respect. I said, okay, so when you walked in this room, I said hi to you. I didn't know you, but I gave you respect before I even knew you. Should I have not done that? Because you didn't respect me. And in the world's mentality, I'm a, I'm a, if you respect me, I'm going to respect you. And if you don't respect me, I'm not going to respect you. You know what God says? I want you to respect and love people when they don't love you. That's God's morality. That's a whole different deal. Look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. It says, be ye holy, whoo, for I am holy. Now, holy doesn't necessarily mean be perfect. It means to be set aside for God's purpose. And once you set yourself aside and, and, and separate yourself from the things of the world, say, God, I belong to you, he will deal with your character. Sometimes people think, well, if, if I go to church, I have to stop smoking weed first. And I got to stop. No, no, no. Smoke your weed. Come on to church. <laughs> I like this church. I like this church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see you in the parking lot. Let me get one more little toe before I go. In. <laughs> it's gonna, I'm gonna, this worship's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying to go smoke your weed. I'm just saying don't think you got to stop before you come. Let me tell you something. I, when I, when I, when I, the day I committed my life to the Lord, I had done cocaine all night. I, 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 my high was probably gone by 5 a.m. However... When I was a kid, we had, uh, I remember, um, we got a dishwasher. And I remember getting the dishwasher thinking, we don't got to wash dishes anymore. <laughs> right? That's what the dishwasher's for. You pay money that that machine would do it. 
But in order for you, the dishwasher to not now function, you have to wash the dishes to a certain degree. And then put them in. I'm like, I already did like 70% of the work. I might as well keep going. We think we have to wash the dishes before we come to God. No, 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 no. Listen, let me tell you something. Jesus cast out seven demons from a woman named Mary. He didn't say, go get the demons out. They're not, they're come. She had demons, and demons, seven demons are way worse than anything that y'all are doing. And she, and she came to Christ, and God, Jesus cast out the demons, and she became one of his main disciples. And so God wants you the way you are. He deal with all your junk. Be holy means, Lord, I am set aside. I just belong to you. When I met my wife, we became holy to one another. And not really holy, but in the sense of what I'm talking about, we said, okay, no more. When you do a wedding, I just did a wedding two weeks ago. Uh, 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 I, I, I vow to forsake all others for the rest of my life just for you. Just me and you. Just set aside. Be holy. If you can say that to God, God, and, God, God's more, and you can be God's morality mirror. In other words, you are reflecting his patience, his goodness, his kindness, his love, his sacrificial love, his graciousness. Number three, I am a. You have been given the authority to rule. Watch this now. Genesis chapter 1. Look what it says. It says, God said, let us make man our image according to our likeness. Let, us make, let them have dominion, authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every cattle, and over all the earth, and every creep that creeps on the earth. Now, ladies, some of those creeps <laughs> are your ex. My bad. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Ladies, say hey if you know what I'm talking about. There you go. There you go. Okay, I'm saying Fellas, say, hey, if, that, if, you, if your ex was a creep too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't like girls can't be creeps, okay? They call it creep S, okay? <laughs> then it says, then God blessed them. Again, God blessed them. Next verse. And, and then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. Here's the thing. Watch this. God created the heavens and the earth, and he created, he created day one. He put the plants. He got the bugs. He got the birds. He got the bees. He got the fish. He got the land animals. And after every day he created, he got the heavens. Day four, he created the heavens and the stars and everything. And, and, and after everything he created, he said it was good. Everyone say it was good. It's perfect. No problem. Everything works. Everything's got a... Inter, interconnected symbiotic relationship, everything works. The plants breathe out oxygen, the, the, the animals breathe in oxygen. The animals breathe out CO2, the plants breathe in CO2. Ain't that a coincidence? The fruits and vegetables have the vitamins that the, that the animals need and they get it from the ground. Ain't that a coincidence? That every seed reproduces exactly what it is. Ain't that a coincidence? Not only, does seed produce every, not only does the seed reproduce what it is, it produces a plant or a vegetable that takes out of the ground and, and, and forms this beautiful thing called the fruit or vegetable of all these different colors, all these different tastes, sweet. And then it has also the vitamins and minerals that are in the form that the animals need to process it. Ain't that a coincidence? So I keep, I keep going all night, but I ain't got all the time. But I thank you, brother. I appreciate it, brother, because it's, it's amazing. And then you got all the plants in the ocean that also breathe out oxygen. And the animals in the ocean who never breathe oxygen outside of the water can breathe, get the oxygen out of the water. And, and most of the oxygen on the planet comes from the plants under the water. Because two-thirds of the plant, two-thirds of the earth is water. Two-thirds of the earth is... Two-thirds two of the earth... 
earth is water. Guess what, guess what percentage you are? Two-thirds of you are water. Watch this, watch this. So God, so God made all of that and he said, it's perfect. Then he made man. It was already done. God don't need you. I went into, I was up in, in, in Northern California, the Sequoia Redwood Forest, somewhere up north. And I was driving to the airport and the guy said, have you ever been to the Redwood Forest? I said, no. He said, you've never been to Redwood? I said, no. He said, okay. Before we go to the airport, we gotta go. I said, listen, I am not about being late. No, it's gonna take a minute. Goes to the Redwood Forest. If you've never experienced this, I'm telling you, it's got to be on your bucket list. He opened the door and said, just walk. I said, bruh, you gonna leave me out here, I'm gonna die. You gotta give me, give me more than that. Give me the keys to the car. I mean something, cause I, he said, no, 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 just, 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 just walk in the woods. I felt like I was in a whole nother planet. It literally was a spiritual experience. Because if you go places where God, man hasn't touched, it's just perfect. So here's what he told man. He told Adam, Adam, I'm gonna make you in my image. In my image, that means you're gonna have my thoughts, my appreciation, my understanding of what I made, and don't mess it up. That's all he told him. Basically he said, take care of it. Preserve its beauty. Preserve its intent, my intent, because you are my moral mirror and you are given, to, I was given you authority to manage what I created and not destroy it. That's your responsibility because you have my morality, you have my thoughts. Now, watch this, fellas, because this is mostly a fella thing, but it's also a, guy, a girl thing, a woman thing. Um, God did not give any people authority to control any other people. That's called slavery. It's called abuse. Matter of fact, any kind of abuse, any kind of abuse, women, you know, spousal abuse, uh, elderly, elder abuse, child abuse, is usually a form of an abuse of authority to control. God has not given you, the only thing, thing he told us to control is ourself, self-control. But what he has called us to do is to create environments where people can experience God. Listen to what I'm telling you. The ushers, the people parking your cars, the people seating you at your seat, the people who are the pastors, the worship team. Our job is not to control you. Our job is to create an environment when when you come into the environment, you experience God. And so when, when, Adam, when God created the heavens and earth, he said, I'm already there. Everything experiences me right now. So Adam and Eve go there and maintain that environment so people can be glorified in me. And so your job is when you create a home, when you, when you have a baby, when you have a family, create an environment where your kids experience God. Create an empo employee environment, even if you have a secular job, create an, an environment at your job where people are experiencing the morality of God, the kindness of God, the honesty of God, the, the, the integrity of God. You could do that in your secular environment. That's your role as, as created as the image of God. God has given you authority and, and not only authority, but responsibility to create this environment where people, hey, there's something different here. It's God. Okay, one more, one, two more. God's friend. Oh, we were created to live in relationship with God as his friend. I-M-A-G and then E. 
This is kind of a stretch because friend is not a G, but I had to put G there. There you go. Okay. I know it's kind of a stretch. Work with me. We are created to live in relationship as God's friend. God does not want you under his thumb. He wants a relationship with you as his friend. Look what the Bible says. We'll read a couple of these. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his wife. Say what? God's not looking at you, shouting at you. I'm shouting because I'm excited, but I'm not God. I'm not yelling. Hopefully you don't feel like I'm yelling at you. I'm just excited. But God wants to speak to you as a friend. Hey, what's going on? What's the matter? How can I help you? No, that ain't going to work. Now remember, he sets the standard of what a friend is. Okay, look what it says. Look what the next verse says. It says, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You know all the people that uh, are sinners that hate God and curse God and curse Christians? Jesus is their friend. Now, it doesn't mean he approves, approves of what we do and how we live, but he's their friend. He wants to be their friend. Why? Because he came to die for them. So we need to be his friend, their friend. We need to be their friend. Well, I don't understand. How are you going to be the friend of those people? They live that. Huh? Well, how am I a friend of you? You live that way. How am I a friend of myself? I, I live, I'm, I'm not perfect. He's a friend. Look what the Bible says. Look what the next one says. It says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. God laid down his life for you. He laid down his life for me because we are his friend. And we'll go to the last one. Go to E, the next letter. E, we are eternal. We're individually unique. I-M-A-G-E. Individually unique. No one's like you. Say, I am marvelous. You are his moral mirror. Say, I am a moral mirror. That's the goal. It doesn't mean everything you do is more, more morally equal to God, but it, we were created for the ability to do that. Uh, say, A, you have authority to rule. Environments, not people. Uh, you were created to be God's friend. Say, God's friend. <clears throat> And lastly, you are eternal. Look what the Bible says. It says, he has made everything beautiful in his time, and also he has put eternity in your hearts, except that no one would find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. God has put eternity in your hearts. Every, we all know that. I've never done a funeral where the people at the funeral did not believe that the person who died was somewhere else. Even people don't believe in God. They're like, oh, Fred, you know, he's in a better place. I'm like, I ain't the same Fred I know. <laughs> you might be, he might be looking down at you or he may be looking up at you, okay. But he's somewhere. It's in us. It's in us. In a minute, we're going to pray. Do we have the gospel? No, I'm asking the tech guys. Do we have the gospel? <laughs> In a minute, we're going to pray. And here is what I want you to think about. God created you so he can live inside of you. And if he doesn't live inside of you, this is you. Spiritually, you may be doing stuff Building your business, your family, your career, writing books, got an education, whatever. But spiritually, you're dead. Because the power of God's not in your life. 
And when you ask him to come in your life, he says, oh, I can, I can activate everything. And this is only five. There's eight jillion ways God can activate himself in your life. But because he is your friend, he will not force himself on you. When I gave my life to Christ, I was, two years previous, I was doing cocaine, hanging out with a person, a friend, a friend named Danny. And I gave my life to Christ. He did not. And I kept inviting him to church, and he kept saying no. And he said, Miles, if it wasn't for people like me who are sinners, you as a pastor wouldn't have a job. I was like, you're right, but don't be that guy. And if all his life he said, God, I don't want to have anything to do with you, God, as his friend, would say, I'm not going to force myself on you, and I will allow you to live your whole life without me and go to a place forever where you will never hear about me again. As his earthly friend, I didn't want that to happen to him. I know God didn't want that to happen to him either. Now, he has since changed his mind and, you know, he's, he's, he's walking with God and everything. But there was a time where he was like this to God. And because God is, respects your right to make your decision, he will allow you to live and die without him. But him dying on the cross, rising from the dead is proof that he didn't want that to happen. So I want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much that you love us, that you died and rose from the dead. Thank you that you lived the life we should have lived. You died the death we should have died. Three days later, you rose from the dead, proving you are the Son of God. Offering salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone and anyone who repents and believes. If you believe that God died for you, rose from the dead, and you would like to ask him to forgive you of your sins and come live in your heart, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, Please forgive me of my sin. Please come live in my heart. Please be my savior. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to be born all over again. As the eyes are closed and the heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by standing, you are declaring Jesus as your Savior. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good. Now in a minute, if you're standing up, we're going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. So if you're standing up, come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. Come on down. Come on, church. Give them a hand. 
Okay, here we go, here we go. Come on, 